I've got Justin on the line from Canada, and um, I was, we just had a quick meditation then before we ki- jumped into this. Um, and man, just what you, are you there, Justin? You haven't <laughs> where you are, see if you're there before we start, I, at the I, end of the meditation. I well, I, I'm actually in California, but Canada is not too bad either. Oh, is it? It comes up on <laughs> my screen as Canada. Oh, man. interesting. Yeah, maybe that's what uh, they've... You're working for the government. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you're sorry, from California. You're in San Fran, right? Yeah, I'm actually, I've, since last time we chatted, I've moved across the bay. I'm in Oakland now, up in the hills. So, cool, um, beautiful. It's really beautiful, actually, up here. Um, but while we're just meditating then, um, we, I just had a quick little one just to come into the space and I, I was just feeling how thankful, like I, it's, it's just how thankful I am to have you as a, a friend and someone that I can connect with and hear, hear from you. Like, I just think it was like two or three years ago when I met you on the road in Hawaii and, um, yeah, just, I just had, had an immense sense of gratefulness for having, um, Another, a fellow human being who I can connect with in a real genuine way and learn so much from and have such an open heart and an open mind and, and a growing like a big brilliant flower, you know. <laughs> and I, I feel, yeah, I just felt that when, I was, when we were just being a bit quiet and um, I feel like that's really the headline of anything here. But <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to express that before we jump into it. And that, from that space, I feel really excited to be able to talk about anything and everything with you. And well, it's, it's real for it's, you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the universe must be connected in a lot of ways because that's really what I felt too. <laughs> Great. Um, we, maybe we just like so. each other for what we like about ourselves. <laughs> um, super grateful. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, just tell me what's, what's going on in your world right now. What's, what's real for you? We're talking a bit before then about like the challenges of like f- discovering what is relevant for y- your offering to the world, you know? Yeah, totally. And I thought that was a really interesting area that's quite relevant for me too. Yeah, so, you know, when when we first met, you know, it's actually, yeah, it's almost three years ago now, I was mm-hmm. about to start this journey um, really with the intent of, you know, I have I had this certain history and I wanted to get some new skills and kind of like interact in the world in a different way. And most of that was like learning technology and programming and, yeah, you know, this type of thing, right? And with the intent that I was going to like be able to surf all over the world and, you know, kind of interact with the world, like, you know, go to these different countries and these different cities and like see what's up and coming mm. people around the world are up to just kind of catch a, just understand what the future looks like from the, the minds of the people who will inhabit it. Right. Right. Um, and so, and the last time we talked, I was sort of back in school getting some more skills here in San Francisco and learning new code uh, and such. Yeah. I just kind of learned this the machine learning and kind of AI type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent, uh, you know, the first half of 2016 doing that. And then actually got kind of, uh, I don't know, disappointed was really the only way I can characterize it by <laughs> thinking that, well, observing, uh, so in San Francisco, I was living in San Francisco. It's like sort of Babylon in ways, you know, yeah. This is like where all the smart people are. This is where all the new ideas are coming out. This is where everyone wants to come. And like, I was sort of in the sort of center of ideas and companies and startups and tech. And really, like this this thing I was involved in was you know you're exposed to all these smart people and yeah. whatever it may be, right? This 
all these cachet and people, whatever this whole, this whole story. Right. Mm. And I was like, you know, is this all there is? Hmm. Um, and because, you know, I, I came here with a very open mind and I, you know, I believe I allowed myself to, you know, experience or whatever. Mm. And I started to get really, I don't know if it's pessimistic, but like really start to wonder, okay, so if this is a bit of a false God, then how do you, how do I, if this is going to be something I wanted to sort of interact with and use for good, Mm. how can I still do this? And Mm. it wasn't clear to me, actually. It really wasn't clear to me. Mm. Um, And I had even, at this point, I was like, well, I'm either going to go join a monastery than like become a monk. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, and this may be surprising to you, Jeremy, that I was like, I'm going to go back into the military and I'm going to oh, really? do something, um, you know, maybe constructive there, whatever I can do. Right. Yeah. Be the, be the like rational, like Zen Buddhist, whatever in the military. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I love and, that idea. <laughs> take exactly, it down, right? take it down from peace from within. <laughs> exactly. You know, try to be some sort of moderating force in the yeah. chaos. Um, and so, uh, as luck would have it, uh, I found some of this opportunity came up with this company that seemed improbable to me, actually, at the time. Yeah. And I followed through with it, and I ended up um, taking a position it's a technology role with a company that's actually based out of New York and they do a lot of stuff that I used to do, um, mostly like, um, Chinese, um, sort of political and geoeconomic analysis. Mm. Um, and, but the project that I work on is based in understanding the social and economic effects of climate change and basically environmental degradation. Right. And it was at this point, you know, I was like really like kind of looking for like a big idea, you know, um, right. So, so just so, to clarify, that's like um, the social impact, uh, new information about what's going on in the environment has on us as a as a culture, as a community, as a society. yes, everything. You know, like how does you know the environment affect violence and work and migration patterns and economic growth and you know mortality and there are mm-hmm. all these different you know factors or whatever we would call them. I think the agriculture, right. They right. really want to understand like, um, environmental change or environment, really climate change, but conceivably there, there's actually we work with a lot of different organizations and they're also looking at air pollution and yeah. all these different things. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the backstory is that I'm like this surfer dude from Hawaii or who spent a lot of time in Hawaii surfing. And like, that's what I'm so passionate about. And, um, actually prior to this, like when I was in this program, I did this sort of built this really corny application where I would read in like buoy charts off of these. There are these buoys in the middle of the ocean that the weather agency emits data from. Anyway, I built this little app that would read in data off those things and like plot them. So you could sort of get like a little crude surf report. Right. Right. And, um, so it was like, I, that's cool. Doing sort of, sort of things that they're doing. And, my anyway, so I ended up taking this job with the idea that like this is something that I do believe in actually, and mm-hmm. I can like devote myself to um, this idea of you know helping you know giving my consciousness to that. Um, 
Cause the other idea of like giving my consciousness to a company that's just going to sell more stuff to people. Mm. I almost thought that that was like violent in a way. Right. Mm. Um, so, um, what is it for when you, anyway. when you, when you understand the beauty of a person uh, intrinsically, you, it is a kind of a violent response to treat them with uh, not so much beauty. <laughs> so it is, totally, it, is it is emotionally violent. It hurts actually, and it hurts to see smart people doing it actually. Mm, yeah. um, and you know, I, I I'm all about industry and being you know like, you know, having clean streets and having food on the table and all of these things that have a good functioning society. This is not a sort of, I'm not trying to go against people being industrious, but mm. there's there's a there's a real difference um, um, when people you know don't when more is bad actually when buying more actually yeah. brings down, down your well-being right so gotcha and that's um, kind and of what this your company's tracking yeah wow so yeah i've been there for about eight months uh and i guess the interesting thing is like you know i'm in san francisco we have this climate change project i'm doing a lot of technology for it sort of helping us understand the sort of you know, computing challenges around trying to figure this thing out. Not mm -hmm. that I'm like an expert in that or anything, but I'm just mm -hmm. sort of like eager to learn and willing to learn and help happy to learn. And so, yeah. um, we, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the news right now. And so we are, have actually been really, and the comp the project is actually really kind of, um, has gotten a lot of press and it's kind of important in America actually right now. So, oh, great. um, I sort of stumbled into this thing that I, for me, it was just kind of like, I'm just trying to like live it in peace with the universe right now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and so anyway, I've been doing that for yeah, yeah well, eight months now, 10 yeah. months actually can't believe it's 10 months. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and so you're feeling like this is, this is on par for you. Cause we're just talking before and I think it's an interesting area, like what, what's relevant for your journey next and the idea of, um, what, what you want to do in your mind and then what's actually in co-creation with your outside environment um which can be two different things and i often find the best things i've you know like fallen in uh, quote unquote achieved or done well in have been very much a surprise area you know like i never knew i wanted to work in comedy i never knew i wanted to work on radio even specifically or um and so all these things that you, you land or work work with uh but the intention is has stayed the same with me since a child, which is just one of wanting to enjoy my life and have fun and my work to be fun. So uh, it's it's an interesting thing, and um and now this like from my from my point of view at this next stage of how much do I want to put my face on this podcast even or how much should I call it just like heart space and it's just about an environment where people can commune with their hearts and uh, intelligence over. Or do I call it just Jeremy Khan and it's about me? Because uh, having the conversations with people, you know, because I, I don't really know which way to go. I feel like it, it muddies the water somewhat when I use, um, bring myself as an identity into it or become an aware, aware of my identity because it brings in thoughts around um, what I look mm -hmm. like more rather than if it's just an entity of heart space and it feels a bit cleaner and less muddy. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, I know I relate to a medium who's given the message, you know, like I like you as Justin, like I don't, I, if, if Justin bestowed wisdom on me as like this entity called like, I, I don't know, you know, yeah. um, heart global incorporated, <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah. it, would, it would be a different exchange. So I'm just, I'm interested in about, and this might be relevant for you too, but, um, 
you know, the balance there. Maybe it's just the next step in evolution for me to be able to cope, you know, be ready for putting my ego, like looking down. Because I definitely know what it feels like to have the the clarity to just see like I'm puppeteering my body through this life, you know, and it's not about me. I'm not the bottom line. And I truly know that deep down. Um, but just by nature of having my name brought into it, it becomes a bit like, you know, it lures the demons in, uh, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Um, is that, I, is that real um, for you? Well, I mean, I, to be totally and I think you'll understand this, and I think you may sympathize with this. Mm. I have a real strong impulse to be behind the scenes. Right. Um, I don't like being in front of people. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I'm afraid of it in any way, in terms of like being shy or anything like that. Like, I have no problem like going up and talking to the most beautiful girl in the room or like, do any of these things, yeah. right? You know, yeah. no problem. Yeah. I mean, that's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, you... Look, you look dashing that night. <laughs> you were real disappointed when you realized I was a bloke. <laughs> Indeed. But Indeed. Out, of, out of just like, out of decency, you've remained my friend, just to show it. <laughs> <laughs> Too <laughs> true. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying there. Like, we're creating and making it, you know, from behind the scenes. Exactly, and you know, um, and there's a lot of responsibility for having your being out there and you know taking responsibility for the failure of you know whatever. Mostly the failure is probably going to fail. Mm. Um, uh, but there's also this is the I think the perhaps the greater challenge actually is this, is the success. And mm. how to not be an asshole and actually how to be a good person. Yeah. You know, how do you like handle success? Right. Yeah. And I think that there's a couple of things that I haven't had the courage or not felt necessary to deal with is like, how do you, how does your ego handle success? Right. Mm. Um, and so like, I'm kind of struggling with that right now. Mm. Um, like I'm, not necessarily there, but I, I think, well, clearly one of the things I'm thinking about in the next 12 to 18 months is like, maybe you just have to go and do that, Justin, and like really put yourself out there in the world to like mm. be out there, right? Mm. And let Justin succeed or fail and then be the person who deals with that, right? Mm. Yeah, um, actually do it. And Exactly. And so, you know, I guess that's one thing that I'm thinking about. Um, and I don't really know for you. I think it's more concrete cause you're, you know, you have the, it's more clear what the medium is, but I think mm. your, um, or maybe not, but I think that that's my advice to you would be simply the greatest lesson that you can learn is to be Jeremy Karn and see what that is. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. right. And do, do you reckon it's almost safer to not do that? Like to put it under a, I don't know, like, is it because I'm very aware of the greatest, my greatest desire is to evolve. You know, like that's nature's biggest desire is to evolve, um, and and tuning in of that nature is to, is means that I must go forth <laughs> bravely. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and take sure. take risks bravely, and um, and and do my darn best to be 
conscious throughout, you know, because like you say, once there is something about, like I was just listening to this Jamie Foxx podcast um, a minute ago with uh, a guy called Aubrey Marcus. It's on his podcast. He's a really smart guy. And um, Jamie was just saying, which I think we all know, but it's just how much like in his case, Hollywood, but like in any case, um, limelight or light or... um, or be, more people being aware of you, it's it basically draws out. If you haven't got your, if you if you haven't done the work on yourself within, it's going to shine through the cracks and expose your ugliness, um, or the the. No, that's a bad way to put it. But you know, expose the things that, um, you know, you're not you're going to be found out quickly. <laughs> and I'm not saying that that's what this is about. I'm just saying that the the whole it's it's like a baptism of fire and of sorts. You know, like in um, ha- turning up the heat in a way. Totally. And I, you know, I think that that's all we can really ask for in our evolution. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. You know, those are the pre, the prerequisites, I guess. Mm. Um, and then really that's the whole utility of evolution is to, you know, like you don't stay in one place, you don't stay in one position. Um, you are really trying to find out, I mean, this is the, greatness and the hardness of the challenge of it is that you're always trying to find what's beyond the horizon, but the horizon keeps receding. Yeah. 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 And, and, and how do you find, how, what's your practice or like for when I suppose darkness starts to come in or, you know, feeling crappy or, um, the, what's your process of debunking that and not staying in the struggle and staying in the suffering, but, um, evolving through it and seeing the, you know, the wisdom that it's the world or the universe or God is trying to show you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like what, what do you do? I, you know, I've been really fortunate to have, so I guess one of the things is I try to find this really sunny place, right? Yeah. Get some sun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, I guess in real seriousness, Oh man, that's I, probably they'll probably fix most of it though. To be fair, like once you <laughs> on, when you got the sun on you, nature it really does the majority of the work, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of you know, my I we've talked about this before, but I tend to live in sunny places as it were. I live in Oakland. It's like tons. It's like thirty three thousand hours of sunshine a year, or something ridiculous. <laughs> thirty one hundred hours. Whoa! But then. I mean, that just you sounds know, like have, a lot. I have no idea what the quantity, what that really means, but it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a lot. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I have, I, I actually have a lot of sort of robustness against those states because I mm. try to exercise a lot. Mm. Um, I, I do exercise. There's no trying. I exercise a lot. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like run ten miles, but you know, I will get to the gym. I have a routine. Um, it doesn't even have to be like, it could be something simple. You can just go sit in the sauna or it could be do yoga. You go to the gym and just be... hang out in the sauna. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I work out a lot. I go to, go to the gym and just hang out in the sauna. Oh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but, you know, I only make that because there is a guy that I go to sometimes, <laughs> rather large man, who that's all he does. It's like, okay, whatever, that's fine for him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's telling all his mates, now I'm going to the gym every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know so i think that those i mean it sounds so silly but it's so simple but it's, mm. it works um the other thing that i think is sort of more i guess wisdom inflicted or whatever is that 
you know, I, I started to see it a little bit as like an imposter or as like a, as like a trader, these states, you know, like the upside and the downside are both mm. kind of unwelcome friends. All right. like they come, right. And like, they want your attention and they want your energy mm. and then they leave you and then they come again and they come and they leave and it's like, they're here and then they're gone and they're here and then they're gone. Right. Mm. And then there's like this, but like, you know, Mate, the, the quality that I have with them is that they, in some ways, like terrorize my mind because I mean, it's sort of maybe <laughs> exaggerating do. a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, no, they do. Um, because like, I'm then like, you know, this is, you know, then I, ha I am like a different person outwardly, right. Depending mm. on, you know, whatever sort of, sort of melancholic or like, you know, a happy state. And I guess people call this like a manic depressive, but mm. I mean, that's the extreme case. But I'm simply saying that I get up and there are these thoughts and if they're good or they're bad, like to me, they're sort of both imposters. Like here I am one more day in this world. And like, what am I getting up for today? Like, am I grateful? Am I, am I feeling blessed or am I feeling burdened? Right. Mm. And like, um, you know, and if your like state is a function of, you know, are you, you know, you burdened because of some responsibility, whatever it may be. I think that you just kind of have to get real, um, just real matter of fact and no pie in the sky. And, mm. uh, you know, whether it's, this is, a, this, this, I think is like, this is a sort of Buddhism thing, right? Mm. Like life is a, Life is this sort of vicissitudes of life is up in this down, right? Mm. And life has lots of peaks and lots of valleys. And I think that the meditation, which we haven't talked about, but I do a lot of meditation, mm. helps me like generally deal with like those ups and those downs. So the highs, I'm like, you know, great. This is great. Um, the lows, I don't really take them too seriously because mm. I know that I can like do these practices to kind of like, you know, shift things around. Mm. And if things, sort of become prolonged, then I know actually that's, that's actually even more interesting because at that point I really have to do something else. Right. Mm. Um, and so then you get, I think where you may be, and I think I'm approaching is, you know, there's more that I need to like do or like be, this is kind of not really clear how to say this, but like, I know what you mean. Like the next, the next stage you need to push yeah, or grow coming. to or become. Yeah. 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 And so like, I think that those moments are, you know, kind of like pushing you towards that. Right. And so mm -hmm. I don't, I sort of watch them and if they're extended, mm -hmm. then I start to say, okay, there's like something in my environment that is got my attention deeply here. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. I, something needs to evolve. Yes. Right? I, I need to look at this. I need to look at this. Exactly. And, um, you know, that's the, I'm, I'm pretty clear on what it is in my world right now for the most part. And like, um, you know, I'm, I've already putting those steps in motion to make that, which <laughs> concretely, I want to go back to whole, I want to like, now I may have achieved this point in my life where I can, live wherever I want to live and work yeah. wherever I want to live. Mm. And so I need to start surfing a lot more now. <laughs> 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 I love that your next stage of evolution is just to get sweet barrels. 
that's, so true. That, that, man, that's beautiful. <laughs> Seriously. Oh man. Well, you know, this is the this is the actually and then it's the awareness of that that has sort of brought me to the I think the real question actually. Um because I feel totally confident that I can either go back to Hawaii and like yeah. live a very nice life there and, you know, do some traveling, come to see you in Australia, spend six months in Australia surfing. Yeah. Um, you know, do this Bali thing, go live in, we have an office in New York and go work in New York for a bit. You know, it's like totally unconstrained. And awesome. I would have this really fascinating life and be, you know, these interesting people. And it's just so self-indulgent. And of course there's utility in that. I think for sure I would get you know, a high degree of satisfaction from that life. And that, of course I want to participate mm. in it to a certain extent. Mm. That being said, I, there's actually something bigger that I need to like think about. And so this is like what, uh-huh. what I am. Why? What's that feeling like inside you that's saying there's something bigger I need to work at? So it's not like it's there's... Mm. Or how would you describe it if you could? So, you know, it's more like whatever I've learned, mm. right? Mm. Uh, and whatever I, whatever, whatever way that I live and I, you know, I don't even know this because it's hard to like, what's the way of knowing other than like, this is like a thought that keeps recurring to me yeah. is that like, what, however I have learned to live in this world. Um, I think it's, there's a particular part of it that's healthy or, you know, generally like sanity inducing or whatever. Mm. Um, I feel that. You know, people may enjoy or may do better, like living like this a bit. Right. Mm. And so mm. this thing that I'm thinking about is like being a service, building, yes, yeah, serving. So serving some in some way. Right. Okay. Um, but doing it in a way that it is actually uh, just by example alone. Right. Right. Um, and it's not really there's no ideology and there's no anything it's just like you know you live this way you find if it works for you and if it doesn't then fair enough but Mm. um so i'm thinking about going back to hawaii buying some land Mm. building some stuff there maybe doing a little bit of farming um but basically with the idea of gener creating a center that first of all my friends people that i trust Mm -hmm. um could come and I've done all these, these they're called Vipassana, they're silent meditation retreats and mm. whatever you get off the grid and you have no interaction sort of with the outside world. Mm. And I think that that in the modern world, the, the value in that experience mm. is really hard to ex- express until you have fully done it. Like yeah. it's really transformative. And um, so not that I'm going to participate in some or create some sort of meditation center or anything like that. I'm just going to create a space, mm. right? A hermitage effectively mm. where, you know, mm. people can come if they say, I just need to be away from everything mm. and I would take care of them. Really, it just means I just feed them, mm. you know, healthy food and they can meditate all day, do yoga. It's awesome. They're basically it's amazing. They're at the ocean effectively. Yeah. yeah. But be in some state where they feel totally safe yeah. and know that there's nothing that they have to think about other than like 
getting centered on what they want to do in this world. Like really oh, what boy. They like, want to do. it's, it right. sounds like heaven. Like that, that, that's a wonderful idea. And it's just, it makes me go, boy, we must live in a pretty weird time where we crave that and need that so much. <laughs> so, like what we, we, it's like we got in this, um, cultural or social so psychosis and we need to unplug from it completely to just to be, to be sane and see clearly. And jeez, totally. <laughs> that's a worry. That's a real worry. <laughs> well, you know, the, the but, I mean, that's one that, side, like, the one side of it, sorry, but the other side of it is that it's uh, just a, just, it's just evolution and it's nature's point in time that it is right now and it's relevant and there's nothing to worry about. And it's beautiful that this is the evolution of it is a place like this. So, um, that's my other point of reflection. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the solutions sort of mirror the the, the maladies, right? In some mm. ways, like the mm. intensity of the solution, right? Mm. Uh, or the response to it, as it were. Um, That's true. And so, uh, you know, I have, I've done, I, I went in February to Alberta, Canada mm. uh, to do another one of these silent meditation retreats. And uh, it was really wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's 10 days of no talking and like 10 hours a day of meditation and you know, you're up at four 30, you're meditating all day. Um, and, uh, it change your biochemistry, that kind of, um, that kind of activity, wouldn't it? Oh man. It's, it's really, so I, it's really fascinating actually to see how people's like, you know, visibly their moods shift because the food they don't have and they're like, Oh, mm. their bodies are all do, sitting in some position all day and they're like mm. getting up early. You know, people just, you can see it on their face. They look, people like look like they're aging in some ways, right? Because they're like mm. going through all these processes. Mm. Um, and I mean, I perhaps am not a good example because I was like walking five miles a day and like doing 200 push ups. Yeah. I just couldn't, <laughs> I just am a really active guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, and I don't drink anyway. And so like, there wasn't that much of like, uh, people who are, you know, do a lot of, they were people who were coming off of like drugs or whatever. Right. Mm. And they're like, you know, or they eat a lot of shitty food and X, Y, and Z. Um, and, mm. uh, you know, I didn't even have any fruit while I was there. I was trying to like do no sugar. And, um, so you do see people like you can, you actually like see, the sort of pathologies that we have and how we use all these things. And when you take away these things, what you're left with is that state, right? Mm, mm. And you actually have to confront that state mm. and you have to figure out what to do with that. You know? Right. The state that you, you as a human being in, are uh, in, are in, in void and like in a vacuum kind of thing. If you pull it. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to find a way to be there and be, find joy in that and that's in some bullshitty trivial fucking like new agey way right yeah it's like what an important lesson (laughs) the sun comes up and how do you feel staring at the blue sky with the orange sun coming up that doesn't just make you feel so grateful for your existence (laughs) right (laughs) then like you have work to do you know, yeah, yeah, right. So it evokes the feeling in you of like, I need you need to do something, 
Yeah, like is that what you're saying? you have work to do. You have yeah. work to do. And, yeah. you know, can be, you know, forgiving all of these people in your life or finding love in your heart yeah. or, you know, apologizing to yourself or whatever the situation may be. But then if there's work to do in the world, there's that too. But, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I think the, that whole setup, the awareness generating setup, right? Mm. You have to give people that opportunity. And, um, you know, I think, well, you know, it's the thing that I, reason I'm interested in this idea is mostly because I just want to have no like stuff around it. Mm. Um, like, you know, it's, these Vipassana retreats are really wonderful. They're just extremely wonderful, but there's mm. a lot of kind of chanting and there's like some this and there's some that. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a place here in California called the new Kamel Doli Hermitage. And it's really just, it's, there's a Catholic monastery on site, but really you're in these cabins effectively and there's food. I mean, you have mm. to pay them. Right. But, mm. um, and the guys, this is, this was the other bit that I think is quote unquote, the part that's most interesting. Mm. I would take no money from people, right. right? Because the transmission of what I would call the Dharma, mm. this experience of like grace, whatever you would call it, that mm. I'm not really like giving, but, or that, you know, that anyone's not really giving, but they're just enabling. Mm. There's no way you can transact around that. Right. 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 And so the only thing that I would say, you know, like if you feel that you were touched by grace, whatever it is, and you feel that you came out of this better person, give that to somebody else, whether it's to come back and stay with me and like help somebody else do this or, you know, go off into your world and create something like this. Right. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, it's, it seems really small right now, but I think, you know, it's where to start. Oh man, it's such a beautiful start and it could be everything as well, you know, like I think the simplicity and the, the grace and the Dharma and that, like using grace as your currency or Dharma as your currency, the flow of, which it, which basically essentially right means, correct me if I'm wrong, but the your your deepest, greatest p- purpose, your the nature, your deepest nature's desire. Um, totally. Yeah. And, and so, and when we, when we operate that, of course I'd want to like, you know, contribute to in whatever way I could, um, to, 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 um, to your, to your environment, to what your place you're setting up, or I could contribute it to someone else in forward. But when we're operating, when I'm operating, you're encouraging someone that comes into that space to operate from that, from their Dharma, then, um, man, we're all sweet. Like there's only kindness, there's only giving and what a great, environment to create for people to practice that and come into that space come home to the to, the, to themselves and geez it's a beautiful idea and like it's it's ideas like that exactly that will transform our world and will like wait help people to wake up to themselves and um reconnect to themselves and yeah I, i'm curious about all the different ways like that we you know the r- different religions or practices or everything that we the language we put around our spiritual um, essence, really, mm. and and yeah. um, and I, I, th- I suppose like I, it's I, I had a conversation with this lovely lady, Mariam, who um, was a refugee from Africa, and she she really made a home here in um, in Melbourne, and she just she she's um, Islamic, but she 
it's just all, all, all she has got this intelligence about her learnings of the Quran and stuff, and that that, that feels like it's it's much. It's really just of love, and she sees the teachings and the religion that she is of as um, as one, you know, like as as everything and powerful it is. But it's it's we're just talking about. Sorry, I know mean, I've completely gone, taking us down a different track. No, but, no, I'm following you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, <laughs> she, somebody she, you go. gave it to her in a state of grace, and so yeah. she felt that. Yeah, I guess I guess that must be it because she she has the she has the wisdom to see the truth in it but not like cling to it and i feel like there well maybe that's my interpretation of it maybe she, but there's definitely just this sure. there's, there's this beautiful energy she has towards it which feels like this is the lady sitting in front of me that is just love and she she pra- practices the islamic faith um but you know, I feel like just love is the glue that connects all these different things, like all our different paths and our different beliefs and our different connections to spirit. Love is just the thing that universifies it all, uni- makes it all <laughs> universal, you know. Um, and like I'm really into the Vedic or the, the Vedic wisdom or the ancient Indian um, uh, texts and scriptures and stuff and the modern versions of those or the, uh, you know, Maharishis. Um, and Do you know Tom Knowles actually? Justin? No, no I've never heard of him. Uh, he, he was like Maharishi is one of his main students, and he took he, he basically took Vedic meditation into Australia, um, which is a form. It's basically like TM, but um, less uh, less about, about being a church of Maharishi. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really interesting. Um, oh, I'm fascinated by it, doing the Vedic, like learning the Vedic texts in more details and stuff. It's it feels like a lot of religions or spiritual teachings spawned of, like, because India for a long time has been the spiritual center of the world, right? And um, yeah. and these seem to be the really old, 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 oldest um, lineage of of these teachings. They're quite fascinating. Yeah, there's. I this is so crazy. I when I was in. Um, when I went to boot camp, yeah. the the book I read, like on the plane and like on the bus, as they're like pulling me into like the depot where you're like, getting kicked off the bus and they're starting to yell at you, <laughs> was the Bhagavad Gita. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah I know, it. yeah. And so is this when you're in the military, well, the boot camp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, you know, this maybe I'm totally misconstruing this or conflating all these things, but you know, this is early, earlyish in my journey. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's definitely something, this is like an ancient story where, you know, good versus evil, follow your Dharma. Mm. Um, it's also set in this sort of conflict ridden place. Mm. Um, and it's an incredible they, story. Amazing. Right. Mm. Uh, I just think that whatever civilizational achievements were accomplished, um, then, they recorded them, and we have them to use as as guides. But they really come as part of this entire like stream of human culture, right? Mm. And um, there's a specific, I guess, vein of that. That is, you know, what knowledge do we have about sort of man's pursuit of grace or meaning or whatever mm. you want to call it? Yeah. And um, I like grace. Let's go with grace. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I have found. I have found a lot of 
um, solace in like Tagore. What's um, that? So this guy, his name is Rabindranath Tagore. Yep. And he's written tons of books, but he's got a. It's almost like you're reading some of these Vedic texts. They're just like these. It's like I don't know how these people, where these ideas or thoughts come from, but they are just, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> next level. You know, you're like, cool. it's so next level. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, sorry for the digression, but yeah. No, I love uh, it. It's so. What what do you know about the Vedic and the um the Vedic texts and the Vedic wisdom? Um, you know, I. What I, do you feel about it? <laughs> I guess you know I've read the Upanishads a while ago. Um, I think it did it maybe I don't know ten years ago or something like this. Yeah. Um and um. I. My sense is that, um, and I told you that, you know, this, um, when I was growing up, my neighbor was like this student of one of these like swamis or whatever. And yeah, they were all like, like Vita thing, Vedas. So, um, you know, I don't, I'm not, to be totally honest, I'm not like super knowledgeable about them. I just know that they are like the inspiration for so much. Mm. Um, and, um, when I read, you know, parts of them, you just feel like one time doesn't exist. Um, and you know, these things are sort of speaking at us to us in a very like primitive way. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they do, don't they? And that's, I think that it's, it's those, it's two points for me that makes the teachings of the, the, from at least my, my translation of, of, um, what Tom Knowles and like Johnny Pollard, who taught me how to meditate and, Laura Paul in Melbourne as well. The, the the reason I love it is is because a they teach me to be self sufficient in my own connection with with mm. whatever's inside this um you know something greater something more powerful the source of life you know the source energy yeah. um they teach self sufficiency in that and two they teach like well, not teach but you know say go integrate you know go integrate with anyone and everyone it's not um mm. so for those two reasons it feels like it's really uh, um. I don't know it doesn't feel icky whatsoever. You know, it feels like a teaching that is really holistic and yummy and um, about it's true kind of thing. Not because I feel like there's a lot of teachings that I think a lot of religions are are at their nature come from a good place um, and come from truth, but they somehow get warped and distorted. Well, there's this. I think we, one of the things that you just communicated, or as I interpreted it, was that. It's effectively some variant on the golden rule. And, um, you know, before every act, you should be able to know, is this good for me and is this good for others? And mm. if the answer is yes, then it's a good act. <laughs> so good. So simple. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And, like, if either one of those is violated, then it's not. And, <laughs> yeah. you know... It's simple but hard, right? It's yeah. simple but hard. You gotta like, yeah. and this was actually I don't I can't take any credit for that. It's a, I, I actually <laughs> asked it. Yeah. straight up uh, sitting in the sitting in the meditation hall, you know, day six or something of my first ten day, whatever. Mm-hmm. I said this is all really great, you know, like I'm super peaceful right now, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go back to New York City. 
uh, in five days and, mm-hmm. you know, get on the subway and try and punch someone in the face or something like this. Right. <laughs> and so I said to the guy, I was like, what's, what am I supposed to do when I have to like be in the world? Yeah. You know? And that's what he told me. He's like, before every act, ask yourself this, is this good for me or is this, and is this good for others? Yeah. And if it's yes, then it's a good act. And if it's no, then, then you know what to do. Right. And I think, mm. you know, ideally if you can actually slow your mind down to like ask that question, you're that itself, right. It's like going to remove you from a lot of mm. poor behavior. Right. Mm. Um, and even having the sort of patience of mind to like do that too, is going to have good sort of mental habits as well. Right. Yes. So you actually can witness your thoughts. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's really what you've just communicated and, Mm. um, you know, it's not, there's no duality. There's no good versus evil necessarily. Right. Mm. The only opportunity for that to sort of enter is when you violate that simple principle. Right. Mm. Right. And then sometimes you can be evil to yourself. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. Often, any, any kind of extroverted or outward evil is actually more a violent act on non-self-love. Like I think, one thing I loved learning recently is, or like coming to a direct experience through coming to a direct experience of was um, that everything that I can perceive is actually extended self. If I am, if I am, if I am truly on the deepest level, the you know a manifestation of source of life i.e. a wave on this ocean of existence, it's just a reflection, a temporary ref- um, manifestation, um, then every, I, I am, I'm not just connected to the ocean, I am, I am of the ocean. So therefore, everything else is yeah. of me as well. And so it's, um, it, really, it really does bring home those kind of truths or direct experience with that kind of, um, through meditation or through, through learning, through learning um, scriptures or anything that, not learning scriptures, sorry, just learning the truth or hearing the truth in wisdom or knowledge or that's been taught. Um, And it does make you go, all right, why would I want to, from that place when I'm in that, I'm not always in that space, but when I am, I'm like, all I want to do is just love, be love, like be a vessel for fulfillment and export fulfillment. You know, like I, yeah, so... It's it's this kind of like I th- I feel like our world is really in need at this time of 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 learning you know of of shifting into a space of um, of understanding their wisdom inside themselves and not operating from this reactive place which which it requires unplugging from and like you know in this place that you want to build to tune into this stuff because there is so much actual frequency frequency noise and and um and clutter yeah you know the thing that you just said i gotta thank you for saying that um (laughs) with regard to you know the beginning and end of me is sort of hard to differentiate right Mm. um and if you take that seriously i mean no bullshit seriously you are facing a lot of responsibility there, but you also yeah. have a lot of power. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's, I think that that's actually more, it's people are scared of it, Jeremy. And I mean, I, I'll say it straight up. 
I am scared of it sometimes. I'm scared of it a lot of times, right? Like specifically when you encounter something in your consciousness that disrupts you a little bit, not even a little bit, can create chaos inside your consciousness. And you think there's no way that's me. Mm. There's no, how can that be me? Mm. And as you were speaking about this, I was thought about this thing called Ho'oponopono, which is this like Hawaiian thing, which is effectively the same thing that you're communicating now, mm. which basically says, you know, you know, anything that's in your consciousness is an expression of you, right? Mm. Good or bad, right? Mm. And so um, you have to find some way to mediate that. And mm. the solution, believe it or not, is to say, I love you. Mm. And so as you're saying this just now, I'm thinking about some things in my consciousness that I have like been like, no, it's not like it's, I sort of like put this sort of other on it. This right. label on it. Yes. But as I was reflecting, I realized why I was doing that and why I couldn't love it and why I in fact had some perverse joy in like creating Duality with some it. sort of yeah. well, you know, was, enemy thing around it. Right. Yeah. Sort yeah. of like, Right. Yeah. Um, you and pervert. it really wasn't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's, Sorry. What was it? What was it specifically? If you would you share? Well, it's so uh, this is this is big time here, Jeremy. Right <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go there if you don't feel, don't feel like it. it's relevant. Well, right I, mean, I don't. I guess I don't fully understand it because it just came up, but I'll mm. try to communicate as much as I can. <laughs> Thanks. I think that at least I believe that I experienced a lot of chaos as a child mm. um, that really disrupted my sort of whatever stability or I, I perceive it as chaos. Mm. It could be, it could be normal. It could be normal for other people. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking about some of the things that I like, or that I think about that I think are interesting or whatever. Most of them have to do with like, you know, wars and conflicts and like, you know, armed aggression and these things like that, which I think are generally bad. But the mm. part of, I realize there's a part of me that like gets a strange joy in seeing other people experience that mm. and knowing that like, I wasn't a victim in some way by that. Right. That actually that there's like some bizarre, like now they know what it's like too, right? Mm. Which is a hideous thought, actually. Mm. But I'm telling you, this is what just came through my mind. Yeah, but witnessing that, of that, right? Yeah, but I can understand the dynamic of that somewhat because it, essentially, all you're saying is that you felt you experienced suffering, or or maybe or what you described as chaos, and it brings you somewhat comfort, I imagine, to see others experience it as well because it, it makes you feel less other maybe or i don't know totally yeah absolutely less alienated from my own existence Mm. um however i don't want anyone to feel this (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) if i'm gonna be like straight up because um you know that's the that's the real thought um and i guess I don't know what to do with that right now because it just came up, but um, mm. I'll have to sit with that for a bit. Mm. Um, is that is that one of the reasons you went to the military early on? Yeah, I think that I was really curious about the nature of violence 
Um, and you know, not that I had any real violence waged against me, any sort of physical form. Mm. Um, but I felt like I experienced something equivalent to sort of psych- psychic or emotional violence from my childhood or whatever. Mm. Um, and um, which, you know, it doesn't even have to be like, you could just, you know, sort of receive that experience from your parents, 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 right? hundred um, percent. And, you know, the more, you know, you learn stuff about your parents and what their family has did and X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and you're just like, holy fuck. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, you know, uh, I was not convinced that violence was a sort of physical phenomena. Mm. Um, I was, I knew for me, it was a very different thing. And so, um, I was really quite, uh, interested in like the sort of culture of violence, the sort of organized violence. Right. Um, and you know, there's another part of that too. It's like, I was really good at languages and there Mm. was a lot of this, this war was going on in the United States. And I thought, well, you know, I have personally, like, if I'm going to do something in this world, I'm going to like go to where it's like gnarly or try and do something that's gnarly Mm. and see if I can find, like, go meet the dragon where he is. Mm. uh, And what, you know, what kind of person will I be? Right. Mm. Um, And so, you know, um, serve those two functions. Yeah. It's powerful in, um, in just in the sense that you want, you're curious and want to understand the nature of what you received or what you experienced and wanting to understand it better um, and going to it, leaning to it is, um, I think it's, it's, it's a bold existence or a fearless existence to live, um, to, to do that. Yeah. And I, I, you know, so, and I was like 23 years old or something and I guess graduated college and, you know, it's one of those moments where you see, you know, all your friends doing one thing mm-hmm. and you just like, you can see the future. You just, it's laid out there. Right. Mm. And, uh, there's, there was like no discovery down that path. Yeah. Um, it was clear that, you know, that was like a walled garden and you would have, you were just like, you were being a puppet, like effectively, you were like playing a, this perpetual role. Um, and it was clear to me that that was not my dharma. Like this, I knew, yeah. like I could just tell that at least. Um, and so I'm really grateful for, um, you know, and I think last time if I may have, I may have miscommunicated, but I, I tried to join the army I wanted to go to Iraq and Afghanistan, like really fight and like learn Arabic or learn whatever. And like, go, mm. you know, be an interpreter and like at least bring some peaceful mediation to whatever mm. was going to happen. Mm. And, um, by God's grace, they sent me to learn Chinese and I went became a surfer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's lovely. <laughs> like, nah, I got, so, I got a better idea. <laughs> exactly right yeah, yeah. exactly i like i'm trying here like yeah. literally like i'm i'm go i'm living from inside right yeah and um yeah i mean there's a couple of moments when my mom i would i had all these interviews with these companies and these job interviews and these, these offers and whatever 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 and uh i was like 
yeah, I'm going to turn this job off. I said, I can't do that shit. And she was like, what are you doing? And I said, you know, I got to go and do this thing. Yeah. Um, so, and when, when, uh, what, can you take us to the point where um, you wanted to go to Afghan, but then you, the, your course, for whatever reason, took you to China? Yeah. The, I mean, the, I'm, I'm colorblind, right? Right. And so I, this is what's so crazy about the world, I guess. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know anything about anything. So I'm like, I'm going to go join the army and like mm. do this thing. And I go in there and they're just like, here comes this sucker, right? Let's get this guy going. <laughs> and so they signed me up. I actually did join the army. They signed me up. Um, and they said, well, and I'm like in this interview, this really security interview, like they're asking me all these quick, crazy questions. Yeah. And then someone comes in and says, they like pick up the paper with all my answers on them. Like they rip it up. They say to me, get out the door. And then they debrief this person who's been asking me all these like whatever personal questions. And they say, you're not, you're colorblind. You cannot take this job. You cannot do anything in the army except play an instrument or be a truck driver. Right. And I said, what? They said, yes, colorblind, disqualifies you from everything in the army. They said, but you're college educated, you're super smart, like you have crazy test scores, you can do all these yeah. things. So let's just sign you up for this. And when you get to boot camp, they'll figure you out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Isn't, that's amazing. Isn't that funny that it's something that, I mean, first is out of your control, but secondly is actually you like your color blindness is in is you and so it's kind of like your de i mean your destiny was like was set in totally a way set. yeah it, so anyway i did sign up for the army i did sign up for this job which by the way was like the highest death toll in iraq at the time when i signed up um oh, the, the one you wanted to go for but you didn't get no the you know the one i actually so i ended up i ended up taking the job as a truck driver right. however this, this is sort of a long way of saying when I fully realized what I had done, when people were like, when I started to tell people what I'd done, because I didn't tell anybody what I was doing, right? right. Um, they were like, Justin, you have made a mistake, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and you need to take action right now to prevent this from getting out of hand. And so I was like, okay. Mm. And then... Also, is your friends that kind of intervened and were like, you're going to job in Iraq that's the highest death toll. You're smart as F. What are you doing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So I got out of that pickle um, <laughs> and basically walked. At this point, because I couldn't do the thing I wanted to do, I said, well, okay, let me go talk to the Navy. Mm. Um, and I said, wait, you're colorblind? Well, you can only do two things in the Navy. And I was like, fuck. I can only, like, drive some ship or, like, you know, play the bassoon or whatever. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's just like driving or or playing instruments is your only option. It's comical. Like that's the universe's sense of humor. <laughs> you really want to do this? Well, you can either drive something or play something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was afraid of, right? Yeah. But by the grace of God, they <laughs> literally said the only two jobs a colorblind person could do would be like a nuclear engineer or be like a cryptologic linguist, which is, what, which is a translator, which is what I wanted to do. Right. And I was like, you're kidding me. 
Like I can only do those two jobs, which is like requires literally like the highest. You need like a high IQ to do this. Like they screen yeah. for these on the IQ tests, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, let's do this. They're like, sure, you want to be a nuclear engineer? I'm like, no, I want to be a linguist. Like this is what I know how to do. Send me wherever you want to send me. Yeah. And so wow. I ended up getting classed on the Chinese and then sent out to California and then sent off to Hawaii where like a lot of my other Navy colleagues were sent to learn whatever languages they were sent and there they all had. So I didn't have like a great like professional. Well, it's hard to really characterize that. The things that I did, mm. you'll never know about. Right. And yeah. they're like, we don't like they're, you know, whatever they are. And, yeah. but you know, the things that people who did in Afghanistan or Iraq, those, you don't know, they're like, they got to do cool, cool things, right? Where we just did like other weird things, right? So, um, <laughs> I love your your description of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. You you probably you're absolutely under the the bind of not being able to disclose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, but I got to surf a lot, and that's yeah. actually I realized the uh, has to be honest, saved my life, and actually yeah. um, has given my uh, life a deeper meaning and, um, you know, it sounds really ridiculous. To, mm. to, it could be conceivably sound ridiculous to people, but, mm. um, I think it has made me a much better person. And, mm. you know, there's a moment, you know, the thing that you just communicated about, like being in touch with yourself, like the moments when I have been so integrated with that part of my body, that is like the bestness. Mm-hmm and my being mm. have come from like me just like sitting in the water, you know, staring at the, like the horizon and like watching mm. the waves and just like, you know, being literally like there, you know? Mm. So mm. That, and those are like my first moments of grace to be totally honest. Mm. And, um, wow. You know, being hugged by nature, but I mean, drifted and, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, this is strange that you say that because, I left Hawaii and I moved to to Beijing actually, mm. and that's actually what I felt. And I did, had never had any capacity to communicate it because I was so in it. Mm. And then when I exited it and I didn't have that embrace of nature, I literally was like, I was being hugged mm. the entire time. <laughs> mm. I just felt like something was embracing me, mm. right? Yeah, fine. It's like we've never been able to get over it, <laughs> and you still haven't till this day. Yeah, <laughs> nope, never. <laughs> it's love, man. It's a love affair with nature. It's 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 just in, in like just it's it's why do we just don't take it seriously enough? Like how much we are unlinkable from nature. Like this, we are of this earth. We are earthlings. We are so connected to. Our the trees, our environment, like the air, the sun, the sky, the sea, and and yet we, um, and we of course we've got this tremendous amount of discord in uh, in our minds because there's we're, we're in disharmony with the thing that we need. Really, we're yeah. we're you know we're independent and dependent on our hearts and or ourselves, you know, first and foremost. But we're we're interdependent on nature. Um, because otherwise we'd just be floating in the middle of space. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't even even come to be if it wasn't for this planet. So it's just, um, 
it's yeah one thing that's just jumping out at me is like how much the answers are in nature with what everything you're saying there um and it's interesting as well like how you're saying you know like you've still got that that element of it sounds like of um of of you know like go, going into the chaos or there's this there's something that's inside you that um that took you to the military and then took you elsewhere and but it's still like it's very much going to take you on the element that's going to take you on this next part of your journey as well it seems yeah i mean there's a lot of that fire i guess that um i I just try to understand um it is really the thing that uh you know actually you the way you just characterize it is correct Mm-hmm. So whatever people say, or oh, people in the military, or people who have been in the military, no, they're, I'm some kind of like whatever is like part of my own nature, like was like that ahead of time, right? That's just the way it was, mm-hmm. and I have continued to try to understand what that thing is, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, it has different expressions, and it is just uh, a powerful force, and you know, I I see it, you know, at every moment. To be totally frank, I see the sort of infinitude of expressions, right, mm. of that. And then I have to say, is this good for me? Is you know, is this good for others? And it collapses that set to like one or two options, right? Mm. And so, like, I, you know, and sometimes I feel like I'm an idiot because like there's all these really hot chicks over there, or, like really cool people, <laughs> or whatever. It be. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm not going over there because uh, I. Some part of me says it's not good for me or not good for them. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and so, but there's, you know, there's actually real, there's more meaning in whatever path I'm trying to go down. And, you know, the thing I'm doing right now is, um, well, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. Well, you're serving your evolution, it seems. Like we, like you said before about your parents, like I, one thing I realized about my parents as well is that they're, they're the cause of the why, well, the way I am. Um, but they're not to be blamed um, for you know for any negative totally. things because, and that's a really relaxing thing to go. Oh well, they are the cause, so it's fair to say that it came from them. But then it came, but then how far do you blame? You can't blame them because it, it, it goes back forever. Um, um, so I, I totally. love I love that piece that that brings that it's where you know we we have to take responsibility is like the need of the time as well. Listening and responsibility, I like taking responsibility for. And that's exactly what you're doing. Like you, the person you are, you came into this world, like you're evolving fast, dude. Like there's a lot of people that would need a few more lifetimes to go through the the transition you've taken in like even in the last 30 years or however long since you you went to the military. Was it 27 years ago? Did you say? No, it was like 10 years. No, no. What's not 15 or so? 15, yeah. I don't know where I got 27 from. It's just because you're such a wise man, so I, I just assume you're like 60 or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love that. I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, one, it really jumps out to me, like just you're on your evolutionary path and, and there is, there is you know, fire to burn away the stuff that does need to happen. Like I definitely had a similar path as well. Like when I left my church, Christian um, faith, like I... I wanted to, I remember feeling like I want to get burnt to know what it is to be burnt. So I wanted to go to the gates of how to, to, to know what the energy is like there so I can understand it and I know, and I can confront it and I can, 
I can disempower, you know, disarm it within from within yeah. myself. Like instead of having this distant, I'm I'm too scared. I want to stay in my comfort zone. I I don't understand it, but I don't like it. Um, I know it's bad, but I don't know why, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and, yeah. and so I can, I can really relate to you, man, in that, in that sense of really wanting to push into the pain or go into it. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that's, it's, it's, it's certainly a fulfilling path and it's certainly a, um, scary path and it can be a tremendously lonely path as well. But, um, yeah, that's another thing actually I'm interested in. Like what, what's your, like, do you have s- with your friends and stuff, your social interactions, like, because social, you know, ongoing <laughs> is, yeah, is, yeah. is really important, isn't it? So important. And, you know, I have to admit that's probably the biggest sort of deficiency in my life right now. I, I have mm. people I've met along the way and I, I, you know, I socialize to the extent that I, uh, I go to the gym and I go to this CrossFit gym here in town and mm. I'm very friendly with everyone and I keep up with them. Mm. Um, I don't really go out, uh, since I don't drink, mm. uh, but totally love to go out and like interact with people and socialize and go to parties and all these different things. Um, do you have alcohol free bars over there? Cause they're starting no, to pop definitely up not. Yeah. Uh, they may be actually. I can't say that I really tried looking for them, but yeah. um, I, you know, I went to a really great like poetry party maybe a year ago. Yeah. Um, and it was like on a Sunday night, and everybody brought a poem and recited it, or they didn't have to, or they wanted to, and we had tea, and it was like awesome. Very like not pretentious and definitely not cheesy and it was just yeah. normal right yeah um like it was like a normal thing to do and uh i i would like to do more things like that mm. um to be honest like i've i've really had a hard time like surprisingly maybe to connect with people here in san francisco since there's actually supposedly a lot of people here who are you know mm. into that kind of stuff mm. um but yeah, I don't want to make excuses. It's it's something that I'm really deficient in in terms of like going out and meeting people. My best friend from my childhood's here actually. Oh, um, cool. Actually, the guy the guy who uh, whose father like introduced me to meditation and whatnot. Ah. Um, so we see each other like I don't know once a week or so, and my cousin's here, and so yeah. I spend time with him. But the act, you know, really being in a community here. Yeah. Um, I'm not, and it's something that I definitely am aware of. And I think this is kind of another reason why I want to go back to Hawaii because I felt like I was in a community there. Mm. Um, Not that I feel like I have to, it just feels like home there. Um, Where, I I mean, I guess I'm a little bit even embarrassed to say this because I feel like this is such an appalling deficiency in my character right now that I don't have Mm. something that I'm like contributing to here. But, Mm. um, you know, I, volunteer at the meditation center, I don't know, like once a month. Mm. Um, but there's definitely like that group of people that I physically interact with that I, I give my best to, and then I get my best from, mm. Mm. um, and you know, it's my colleagues is not sufficient, whether that, you know, they're all great people. Um, mm. but it's very, it's like a very different kind of like a sacred community type of a thing that mm. I think we all need. Yeah, and, yeah. I so much. I haven't really figured out a way to construct that in a way that like I feel is 
the sort of genuine. Yeah. Um, and I mean, partly this is another reason why I want to go do this thing um, back in Hawaii is like attract people to a way of doing that. And I mm. admit that there are a lot more fun things people would want to go do, you know, conceivably fun things they mm. want to go do. Um, but, um, you know, I look at the world as being, you know, you and I can have a conversation and mm. we could just have a ton of laughs mm. and have a really deep conversation. And every moment of that is precious to me. Mm. And part of me feels like, um, you know, a lot of conversations are about getting somewhere mm. and mm. I want to be in a conversation where I'm, in, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I'm already there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Isn't it funny? It's like, I, I liken this to, I feel the exact same and I feel like it's, it's just like effortless and like I'm home, you know, you feel like family. Like that's the, that's the level of, um, ease that comes with this kind of conversing, you know, um, yeah, and I, I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying about like craving that in a community and in friendships, and and I've definitely, um, you know, like I want that for you, and I want that for myself as well. Like, and it takes, some, you know, a bunch of friends that you just can't, it's, it's and colleagues maybe that you have limited relationships with, or it just is what it is, I suppose. But then, yeah, just that craving that deeper level of communion or connecting with another human. It's just so invaluable because when you get it, you're just like, yummy, yummy. This is just, it's, it actually feels like it fuels you. It fuels my soul somehow. Um, it, it feeds, feeds my being somehow. And yeah, like I, I've been trying to find those kind of groups in Melbourne, like the meditation, um, group. And there's a lot, Melbourne's very like getting really quite evolved in that sense. There's lots of different conscious, you know, get togethers and, um, events and bringing out, interesting speakers on intuition and meditation and all sorts of things. And, and so it's, it's becoming, I, I mean, I've, I suppose I've just found it by seeking it, but like, I, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not there in your face, you know, like <laughs> you have to, it seems, yeah. it seems to be, um, once, yeah, but once I find it, I'm like, I was, I was thrilled to have like a couple of little communities that I can go to, like, particularly my Vedic meditation group that I go to most Monday nights is like, just geez, you just come away just feeling so complete, you know, like uh, the same completeness yeah. I feel right now, just talking with you. And it's funny because it's like, it's not necessarily a sense of like, we've accomplished anything like you said, it's just a sense of, um, I, but actually I do feel like I've accomplished something. I feel like we're, we grow or we understand each other better. Or I understand myself a little bit better and, and, and there's progress. So there isn't a sense of accomplishment to be fair. Um, but when you were referring to that before, you mean like in a sense of acquiring something from one, another person or something, right? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like quality of conversation and I mean, this is not to really trivialize or like decry any quality necessarily for what it is. Um, you know, a lot of people are very ambitious here and where I live and mm. the thing that I do, I'm surrounded by very ambitious people. Mm. Um, and the conversation is always about like, where is this taking us? Um, right. in terms of like, you know, how can we, what can we do with this transactionally or like, you know, mm. whatever the situation may be. And, um, you know, uh, that is a very different type of conversation where mm. like, you know, if you don't have the goods, you know, you're not 
you're not in the conversation as it were. Mm. And like what I'm talking about is like everybody's got the goods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, the yeah. courage to go and like mine that you know, mine that territory and find the gold. Right. Yeah. Yeah, mine the territory. That's a cool way to put it. Yeah, we should go out into this world and go mine the territory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pull out the gold nuggets and people, find the gold nuggets and people. Yeah. Because it's there, mm. you know, there's really, this is, I mean, it sounds so corny when I say it sometimes, but I really definitely feel like mm. there's so much nourishing self-awareness, whatever it is, mm. that you actually literally have to like, there's like it's almost physical because you have to scour and search your insides and like Mm. find it and seek it out and Mm. the self-knowledge is there and then once that's clear Mm. like you have this you have something whether it's a tool or a power or an awareness or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. right that nobody gave you Mm. they couldn't have ever given it to you right (laughs) Mm. the only way to like you know, have access to it was to actually have done the work. Right. Mm. And so those conversations where nothing can be given or transacted upon, I can't give you what you think you need. And like, so this is kind of a ridiculous interaction sometimes. Right. Mm. But I just want to, you know, I actually try to sort of subversively throw in my little nuggets of wisdom to these <laughs> conversations <laughs> um, because it's like, I, I'm like, I need you to look inside yourself and figure out what is the, you know, the best answer mm. to that question, you know? Mm. Um, and uh, yeah. it's just, I don't think we're, there's a whole culture that's about, you know, somebody else has the answer or this other thing has the answer. Actually, what I was going to say earlier was, Mm. I think this is another quality of a kind of materialism, right? Right. Um, That suggests that the answer is a thing, right? Right. The acquisition of another thing. Yep. Right. Um, And like one of the things I, I realized about, you know, I think shortly after we talked, but I went to this conference here. Um, it was like a spiritual conference and a lot of really well-known spiritual kind of gurus were there. Mm. Um, and I found myself and this place is packed and like lots of thousands of people and there's all these kind of things. And I kind of felt myself witnessing something that I didn't like because it was, this is another something called spiritual materialism. Right. Right where like this was like another thing that people could like tack on to their act. Like I did this or I went to that or whatever the fuck it is. (laughs) And like, this is like another thing that they could acquire and transact around. Wow. Yeah. And like, or they could not, but there's the, but I suppose you could say that about anything. Couldn't you? Like anyone can materialize any spiritual learning, you know? Totally. Yeah. 100%. And so I, I'm a little bit on the fence about this because at one point it's totally fundamental and necessary for people to like ask these type of questions and like go down this path and all these things that are really wonderful. They're better than a lot of alternatives, Mm. but it's also a false God. Right. And the real clarity comes when like you 
you find your grace mm. and the only way to transact on it is to actually give it to people silently. Right. Just give it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the real shit, yeah. Right? Yeah. No one, you can't take anything from people. There's no getting status from some whatever it is you entered the fifth ring of Kundalini or whatever the fuck it is. Hashtag enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> That's going to be my new shit right there. Dude. <laughs> oh, you're tapping on something very interesting though. Like you're right. Materializing <laughs> spirituality, like in, even mindfulness and consciousness and all these buzzwords or becoming buzzwords, like they're becoming cliches. And that's purely because the spirit's been sucked out of it or people are misinterpreting the essence um, or, 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 you know, and, and you can just sense that, you know, you can sense it when it's sincere for someone and when it's not sincere yeah. for someone. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's almost funny. <laughs> you know, like and it's kind of what religion has done to spirit as well. In a lot of ways, it's made it, totally. a, it's made it a controlling mechanism and a, um, and, and not something that's actually pure um, and and self-sufficing. Like, and I suppose, I mean, that's what I love about the Vedic stuff is like, at least in my group in Melbourne, is that Laura always like, it reminds you and guides you like, it, as soon as anything becomes like that, it's like, no, 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 but it's about, you know, like brings it, like it's very aware of that materialization or and whatnot. And I think that's, um, yeah, you kind of need that. It's refreshing, isn't it? Because you're absolutely right. It's an interesting area, man. Really interesting area. Yeah, it's extremely, it's extremely, um, you know, tempting too. Because mm. um, it gives you a sense for, of accomplishment, or what does it do? Yeah, like you're special or something, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you know, <some> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I tell you this, Jeremy, because to be because you're doing it right now. <laughs> well, I try. I, I know that in my life I have done this. Yeah, um, same. Right, and Absolutely. so I realized, like, man, that was just not even that it was like bad, but like that that was not the like <laughs> that, that wasn't was it. Not, <laughs> that was not it. <laughs> That's so funny, man. I love that. Good on you. Yeah, it's so funny, man. I've done the same thing. Like, it's yeah, it's in your aware of it when it comes up and. It's funny, and it's like we kind of have to apply the same sense of humor we have to ourselves doing it to others doing it because they're just on their path and they're you know they're they're doing it there in their timing. <laughs> I think you could have a really promising career if you were simply to make fun of people who had like the sort of new age like faux spirituality stuff, yeah, right? yeah. But make it like funny, but like so truthful, yeah, and. It would be pretty well done, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Man, I'll send you this guy. I'll, I'll try to find him now quickly. But there's, there's a guy that does that in Australia. Um, I can't remember his name. But he, <laughs> really? He does these funny spiritual videos. I'll just bring up his name. I, I think I can find it pretty quickly. Here he is. He's called um, uh, JP Sears. Um, he's on Instagram. Uh. His, his name's just Awaken with JP. And he's basically completely taken the piss out of any kind of spiritual make yourself better, consciousness, mindful, awakening stuff. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a pretty funny guy. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I totally love those guys. Usually, um, <laughs> usually, <'cause, laughs> well, some of them I think are really great. And then some of them are just like, 
they know that they're like angry at something and like yes. their message is like not great, right? But some yeah. of them are like totally spot on. Yeah. And That's like, true. there's going to be, there's not going to be any chanting. There's going to be no rah, rah, rah. Yeah. You know, no woo woo. Exactly. Oh, man. No yeah, there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of faux spiritual stuff, isn't there, out there? Like, in, um, it, it is a bit icky and a bit gross and, 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 a bit. <laughs> it's funny. It's kind of funny. You like? <laughs> oh no! It's extremely funny. Right? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And you know, it's because humans are. Well, we're funny people. We're funny individuals, mm. and um, you know, we're lost at the same time, and we want to mm. figure out what's going on and whatever. Mm. So. Well, that's um, right. Is is this is trying to get. A, Great grip or something, or like it's exactly what you said actually at the start. It's materializing it because if something's material, it's tangible and you can grasp it and move it and see what it is. And and the the simple fact of the matter is like this this sense or this direct experience you have with source or God or whatever you call it is is completely intangible. <laughs> it's yeah. it's something we can't wrap up in it, but we can't even call it a word. Even the word God is become a is become all sorts of tainted in a lot of many's minds. So like it's that's why I feel like love's probably the most the most effective word. <laughs> yeah, there's like so one of the this is kind of a corollary to that. Like mm-hmm. I um I've been thinking I was training with a coach recently and we were talking and he's like a weight, Olympic weightlifting coach yeah. and um we were talking about fitness and I'm really into fitness and I read all these books mm. and I realized like this guy is like a master. Like I interact with him in person. He is a master. Huh. Right. And we basically, I said to him, you know, like what you're doing, is not a business. You cannot, you can make a living out of it, but you can never make an empire out of it. Right. Right. Why is that? And because he's one person. Right. And his knowledge, what he knows, and the way that he knows it, at least the way that he communicates it, he's communicating like a way of being. Right. Right? Gotcha. And that transmission process is hard to scale, right? Gotcha. Yeah. The transmission process means you need to be in the presence of a master, right? Yeah. And to like experience their grace and to experience their way of, you know, interacting with other beings and mm. handling different beings and handling themselves and this whole gamut of human experiences. Right. Mm. And everything else in the world is about a material acquisition of some kind, right. Mm. That will induce the state. Right. Mm. And like, here's my method or here's my this or here's my that. I mean, I'm not saying that their methods don't work or whatever the situation may be, but I think for the most part, in fact, I think it's very similar, like how our families work, right? Mm. You know, you can't industrialize one family's method of raising families. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great <laughs> comparison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's happening locally, you know, in that household, right? Yeah. And so, I think it's the true. It's the same with you know, whatever you want to call these things. Um, practices or yeah. I don't really know what they are, but like mm. 
that I, it's why I really like the whole collective potential thing is that mm. that was happening. You know, you could spread that idea. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. But to get the benefit of it, you actually had to be there. Right. Yes. You had to experience something. Yep. Direct right? experience. Yeah. Direct experience. Right. This is the, this is the different, like you, the, the way of knowing, right. Mm. And the way of being able to use that knowing is something that is hard to transact around. Mm. Right. Mm. You actually have to like do the work at every step of the way. You have to show up, you have to speak up, you have mm. to participate, mm. right? You have to make yourself vulnerable. Mm. You have to like show support, mm. right? And you show support because you saw someone else showing support. You spoke up because you saw someone else speak up. Mm. You saw someone else have courage, right? Mm. Every act has been modeled for you, right? Mm. And I think that that's, that's the beauty of humanity. It's like, and it's the hard part about humanity is like we human acts and human behavior scales in a very linear fashion. It's not, it's hard to like really like scale it in some, you know, exponential way where one person can affect, you know, tens of millions of people directly. Right. Mm. Um, you know, you, it's really one-to-one -one and then maybe like one to your five kids. And then hopefully like your five kids have like two or three kids. And then like, maybe you have some mm. sort of like ratio like that, whatever it is. But, mm. um, I, I think it's why it's also important to surround yourself with great people mm. and um, be a good person for other people. And it really like, it just tames my, it, I think it, it tames one's ability to, you know, I don't know. You can't, you can't materialize your grace. All mm. you can do is like continue to let it flow and let it flow where it may and yeah. may others be touched by it. And, you know, um, that's, that's yeah. I don't know. This is where I'm at right now. Yeah. And no, I hear that, man. I totally see what you're saying. I love, I think it's, it's funny that it's, it's quite a humbling thing, isn't it? To know that, to go, right. Cause you want to, you want to be able to quantify it or be able to hold it in a place. But I suppose, I mean, meditation for me is like the, a practice where I, I can guarantee, you know, like have the best chance of coming home to that wisdom um, and, and direct experience of that wisdom or, or grace or connection um, to inner self. And, and I suppose, I mean, if we had to find a practice, we would, a lot of people, I think, a lot of particularly wise people would, would point towards meditation is because it's de-exciting the nervous system and allowing yourself to tune into the subtler realm. And, totally. and, you know, I think that's a, that's an important practice if we had to say there was, there was to be one. Um, but then the, that's, that, then it's a whole different thing when your actually eyes are awake and you're practicing it, you know, practicing, you know, that grace in action. Um, but I, I, when you're talking about grace and when you talk about grace, I just had that me a flashback memory of like when we were in New York saying goodbye, um, after we met in Hawaii, then met up in New York. And I remember, so when you describe grace and everything that you're saying of like, you know, exporting it, giving it, letting it flow where, it, um, where it will. Um, I remember you're like just saying goodbye to you and your face just being so lit, so alive and like the sun, <laughs> you know, and, and just pouring that love or that that clarity it just felt pure you know there's something about it that just felt like you're an angel and you'll just give it you just 
with your attention, with your awareness, with your clarity, with your peace and calm, like it was a, it was a cold day in the middle of New York and, and <laughs> you, you, just, you just had this warm presence. And that, that's something that like you can't, that, that's magic, you know, that's that whatever you give in that as you, I just wanted to note that there for people to understand when, when you're talking about grace, that's what I interpret it coming from you like, um, and yeah, and I think it's just such a beautiful thing to have someone's present, have someone's unadulterated attention in a way that's, um, so awake and clear. And I suppose that is the nature of grace, as I interpret it, at least. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, thank you. That's all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, say thank it, you, because you should own that. <laughs> so much of, I, I actually tell you, I think that so much of that is just the aloha. Um, and <laughs> what does that mean? Just, you know, I don't know really what it means, but when I see someone from Hawaii yeah. and... I reflect on so much of my joy. Right. Um, it's just this awareness of how good the earth is and right. how, I mean, Jeremy, like I had this little place and I had this steps down to my little cottage and I had these plumeria plants, mm. right? Mm. And I could go and pick these plumeria plants and make a little lay out of them or like, you know, collect them in a bowl and do mm. something really beautiful with them. Mm. And then like two days later, there's more plumeria plants. <laughs> you know? That's <laughs> nature's like, grace. <laughs> exactly, right? She's like, want, like, yes, there's <laughs> so much. There's so much, right? And it's not to be rapacious or anything like that. But I just feel like being, uh, I had never been touched before by such a like, beautiful quality and now that that was like a very deep reference point for me mm. um i can't put that back in the box mm. um and you know a lot of other things of course i've interacted with my own existence and my own being mm. um but my deepest joy and in fact i say this to people all the time like you know i'm i'm not I'm currently single, right? I'm not married and I'm not, I have a girlfriend out. And I'm like, yeah, cause my, my wife is, is Hawaii. Like she's back there waiting for me to come home, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's that sweet ocean. <laughs> that land. Such fertile land. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, it's, uh, mm. I just feel like we're all really just, we're all just so blessed to be alive and mm. to be able to share, you know, that to share your joy with somebody. Oh mm. my God, dude. Um, mm. it's so beautiful. Yeah. And <laughs> to, to know that, um, your joy can bring joy to somebody else. Imagine that dude. Yeah. It's amazing. dude. Uh. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what we're doing right now. We're just feeding off each other's joy. <laughs> um, that's a great place to wrap as well. Just like, yeah, for sure. Um, beautiful. Thanks so much for for your grace and just being being vulnerable and being open and be, and sharing yourself um, without hesitation. That's a massive 
massive thing to give um, me and anyone listening. So thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>